That's so savage. Hello and welcome to. Oh, I was about to say USG Weekly. That's my other radio show. <laughs> Start again. Hello and welcome to the Big Time League Motherfuckers Podcast. Week one recap and week two reviews. It's your host, Josh Lurie, with your co host, Eric Artenstein. How are you doing, Eric? I'm okay. You okay? Can't say I'm wonderful. Eric's still reeling from the loss of the C words to my Broncos. Half an hour ago, I looked up a YouTube motivational video to try to get me to care about something, anything. Yeah, so this is the first NFL season since 2006 that I'll enjoy watching football. Um, Eric can't say the same. What happened in 2006? Oh, we were good? We were good in two. Well, you were good in 2006. Um, but now I have my Broncos, my Raiders, my Chiefs, my Dolphins, my Steelers, my Patriots, all to cheer for this season. Chargers were the only one to lose in their division. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Full game back after week one. Yeah, the Chargers are officially worse than the AFC West. Let the tanking begin. The fight for Sam Darnold begins. I would love that. Yeah, but he, if he goes to the Chargers, he would suck. Um, but anyways. On to fantasy football. <laughs> On to fantasy football. We had an exciting week of action this past week, um, and we're going to hop right into it, as we're known for on this podcast. Uh, and let's start off with a great matchup between Scharf and Jose Chayette. They don't talk often, but everyone knows there's a lot of tension between them, um, just because of Trump and everything. Build the wall! Build the wall! Build the wall! So let's hop right in, Eric. What'd you think of that matchup? Uh, first of all, a lot of respect to Adam Scharf for changing his name mid Thursday night. Uh, Kareem Hunt decided to go off. Scharf pulled a quick one and changed his name to Hunting Snowflakes. Beautiful start to the week. And uh, yeah, other than that, he kind of kicked ass. Was the best one, obviously. Uh, I kind of I previewed it saying that Scharf is a strong team because he kind of focused on wide receivers and got super lucky with Spencer Ware getting injured and making his team and I guess I was right I think the funniest thing to me was what was it Sharf texted before the game who should I start Kareem Hunt or Amir Abdullah Amir Abdullah he ended up starting both he was about no, to no and someone else who was the other one Shane Vereen no it might have been Matt Forte and he was about to not start Kareem Hunt not just that after Kareem Hunt fumbles in his first career carry, Sharf then again texts, damn, I guess I shouldn't have started Kareem Hunt. <laughs> oh, but I'm glad Sharf started Marshawn. And if Sharf doesn't start Kareem Hunt, who got 40.6 points, he still beats Jose kind of comfortably. Oh, my God. It was 130 to 83.2. Now, that's an ass whooping. Um, and Jose, yeah, he just doesn't have a good team. Le'Veon underperforming, C.J. Anderson did great, only because he was playing a weaker opponent. I actually kind of like Jose's team. Dalvin Cook's going to be pretty good. Oh, because he saw his Jarvis. 
and James White. Dalvin Cook surprised everyone. Le'Veon Bell is not going to get 4.7 points again. Probably get much better. Oh, yeah, because you had Le'Veon. No, you've had Antonio Brown before. Yeah, they're all really good. But after all the trash talk Jose had towards Sharf on the message boards, uh, I'm glad Sharf pulled this one out um, and put Jose in his place. But let's hope Sharf doesn't get too into himself as he usually does. Um, but now we're going to go on to game number two. Really quickly, I just voted for Sharf to win his week one matchup and realized that he has two votes. So good job, Sharf, on probably voting oh, who, for yourself to win who, your matchup. Who else? Yeah. Who goes to the win the matchup? I'm going to vote for Jose. <laughs> <laughs> These forms should not be anonymous. Okay, now I'm going to go to the Battle of the Hermanos. Is that how you say it in Spanish? Game of the week, yes. How do you say twins? How do you say twins? Hermanos are just brothers. Twins is gemelos. 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 Build the wall. There you go. And this was a great one. Eric had a lot of confidence coming into this week, and it was just deflated by an underperforming of literally everyone on his team. Best part about this is Alex and I watched this sitting right next to each other, just me and him and the TV. Kind of hoping the other one sucks. Turns out that the one that sucked was me this week. It's only week one, though. None of Alex's receivers or his flex or tight end even broke eight points, and he still managed to win. Not a great show by me, I can admit that. My only touchdown did come from a quarterback. Kind of hard to win without touchdowns. But there's some positives that came out, I think. What were the positives? Uh, I like LaShawn McCoy's performance. He actually got hurt for one play. Happened to be that it was on the one-yard line and Mike Tolbert came in and scored. So that could have given me six points. Wouldn't have won, but would have been a great showing by LaShawn. Um, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by your really old squad. I mean, did DeMarco Murray even play much? DeMarco Murray sucked. You know, something that I'm actually, I don't want to say I'm excited for in a positive way, but like I'm excited to see what happens was Lamar Miller didn't play that bad. 9.6 without a touchdown is actually a pretty good game. But more than anything, I'm really interested to see what he will do with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. Will they run it more? Will they run it less? Will it be more focused on the pass game since... Deshaun Watson is more mobile, so he can run easier. They'll probably just suck still. I would assume so. But me and Eric were talking about this beforehand. Alex always has a good team. I don't know how he does it. We never think he has a good draft. But he has Derek Carr, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, Odell, Demarius Thomas, and then a stacked bench. Every year, Alex seems to just pull it off. And every year, Alex does not know how he's drafting either. <laughs> it's those Marvin Jones pickups where it's like, no, he's not good anymore. Oh, he but he gets Marvin those ni- and he gets nine point seven. It's just kind of it's a boring pick, but it's a good pick. But really, kind of took a risk with Gurley and Ezekiel and paid off so far week one. Yeah, and they're and Ezekiel Elliott's never going to get suspended. And I think he learned from his mistake and will no longer be starting Carson Palmer. But you live and you learn. Yeah, but I was glad to see Alex come out on top. He still, I don't think he's ever had a team photo before. So we'd love to see that out of you, Alex, and we'd love to see a more creative team name out of both of you guys. Your team names are Eric Arnstein and Alex Arnstein. Classic. That's what we're about. What happened to Des Pasito? Now we're going to go on to my favorite matchup of the week. Josh Lurie trouncing Gabriel Fetterman. Did prove to be the game of the week for sure. Now a background all week. All week. No, all past three weeks, maybe. I... For all of you who don't know, I live next to Gabe. He is my next-door neighbor. 
in a I, I live in the better house, um, but nevertheless, I still have to live next to him. Every day, almost every day, I see him. And every day leading up to this game, he was trash talking me, telling me about how he would beat me, how my team sucks. Um, but it turns out my team did just enough to hang on, avoiding the jaws of defeat, and Gabe just shit the bed once again. I've never been, I don't think I've ever been happier to have a fantasy victory than I did over Gabe, especially because I lived next to him. Now, Eric, what's your, what's your breakdown of this game? From a unbiased standpoint, definitely my favorite game of the week, just because of how close it was. We'll get into it later, but Gabe definitely, and he knows it, made some questionable starts and questionable benches, proved to be quite costly. And yeah, just a fun game to watch, especially watching Monday afternoon football with Gabriel. I have to say, everyone doubted my Jordan Howard pick, twelve point six points. No one knew why. No, no one, one knew who Mike Gillisley was when I picked him up. 22.5 points. Now, that's just badass insight. Could your receivers play better? Yes. Yeah. Oh, when you have Jay Ajayi, look at you. Yeah, I have Jay Ajayi. Don't even worry about it. Is he going to run over all, all Corey the Chargers? Coleman warming my bench. And I have Carl... Yeah, I can finally start Jay Ajayi next week. Uh, for the first time, I've never started someone against the Chargers. Let it be known, Kevin White is on the IR and still on Josh Lurie's team. No, no. I, I dropped him. That was, this is just from last week. Oh. Yeah, they just keep it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that dumb. I but like that. oh my god! I mean, Gabe, Austin Hooper benched for Zach Ertz. Why do you even draft Austin Hooper if you're not? Why do you have two tight ends right now? Three. You have three tight ends. You have Dwayne Allen on the. Pa- you don't even. You have a Patriots tight end that isn't Rob Gronkowski. You have Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Lord knows why. Jesus Christ. I mean, Gabe's team leaves something to be desired. Um, and I'm just glad for the rest of the year I can uh, tell... I, like, I'm better than Gabe, and he knows it. And now he has a big insecurity towards me for the rest of the year. But the best part is, apparently, I wasn't in this class, but my roommate, Landon Somlo, goes into Gabe's class the next day. He yells across the room, How you like that, Gabe? You like that? You like that? Gabe. How you like that? And and everyone in USC now knows Gabe sucks at fantasy football and that I'm better than him. Background. Adrian Peterson needed, not sure exactly, but I believe something like 2.7 points for Gabe to beat Lurie. Gabe kind of thought he had in the bag. Pretty easy money. Adrian Peterson comes out. First first play, he's a starter. He gets the run. Oh, 30 yards for Hall of Famer Adrian Peterson. Easy. And then we had the whole Peterson screaming at Sean Payton. Peterson sucking. Gabe losing. End of story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I'll admit, I was nervous when Adrian Peterson came up and I was only up by two points. Uh, or no, I was up by four points. And then Adrian Peterson wet the bed, yelled at his coach, and Gabe was probably just crying to himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to go undefeated with this kind of performance at this season, so y'all better watch out for me. Probably not. But speaking, but I mean, that clearly wasn't an upset because everyone thought I would beat Gabe, except for Gabe. But speaking of upsets, let's move on to Bulo versus Jake. Upset of the week. Tell me more. Best part about this game is how genuinely hyped Jake was to beat Bulo. He gave me a whole little, maybe 30-second speech about like, you know what, nobody thought I had a chance. Let's face it, I didn't think I had a chance. Bulo's good at fantasy. And here I am, week one, ahead of Bulo, <laughs> in first place. 
not if I had he beat him almost by ten points. That is a solid victory. And wow, I, Bula with a beautiful showing of sixty six points. Pretty impressive to start your week on Thursday with your wide receiver two getting twenty points, only to follow <laughs> up with forty six more points the rest of the week and losing. Oh my god, Tyreek Hill got a third of his points. I didn't even realize that. And his girlfriend is going to make him drop Tyreek Hill the second she finds out what Tyreek Hill does to women. I would assume so. Don't. I'm going to tell her, Bilo. I'm going to tell her, unless you give me a good trade. But um, Best part here is the ultimate great question of who won the trade. Yes. Eric or Bilo. Was re- fa- re- recap us on what the trade was. After it was player for player, it was essentially Aaron Rodgers, David Johnson... And some guy like Randall Cobb, I think. And then I got LaShawn McCoy, DeMarco Murray, and Des Bryant. So DeMarco, Des, and LaShawn McCoy for Aaron Rodgers and David Johnson. Which now turns to LaShawn McCoy, DeMarco Murray, and Des Bryant for Aaron Rodgers. Because David Johnson, I mean, I'm not going to lie, we all saw this coming, injures his wrist week one. First half, I believe. He's still got 7.1 points. But he's going to be out probably for the rest of the season because the Cardinals aren't going to do well then. They're not going to bring him back. Uh, but, I mean, that's definitely a tough blow for Bulow. Um, his season's pretty much over. I feel like every se- last year he had Keenan Allen go down and then had to rebuild from scratch. This year it's even more devastating for him. Allen Robinson as well. Not that he's very good, but you kind of don't want to lose a starter. <laughs> yeah. And Doug Martin's still suspended. They delayed his comeback by a week because of the bye. But I can hear Bula responding to us talking right now. Tariq Cohen, bro. Next next David Johnson. I really, oh, hope, yeah, really hope so. Don't worry. Jordan Howard's got this in the bag. I don't know why Tariq Cohen's so hype. But Jake coming out. I mean, Jake's team is still really bad. Um, but he was, I mean, let's see. He got 73.4 points this week. He would have beaten two people. Three people. Three. I mean, our league four sucks. Our, <laughs> our, our league sucks. So, so he would have beaten four people. So I guess that's not too bad. Tough but. week one. That would have been a better matchup, Josh Lurie versus Jake Posnock. Oh, yeah. That would have been sick. I still would have beat him. And finally, moving on to the second best scorer of the week. Shamaya and Sloan. Two people who we really don't think about that much, but we always make fun of every time. Now, who... Shamaya, oh my god, this was the game. Shamaya had one of the best weeks of the week, and Sloan had one of the worst weeks of all time. Surprisingly, not even bottom five of all time, as we looked it up, but 52.2, not a good showing for your first week. But the thing about Sloan is that even if, even if he put in, you know, put in Terrell Pryor instead of, you know, Michael Thomas, or he made, you know, better lineup moves he still wouldn't get 60 points. Like, he wouldn't even break it using his entire roster. He had one person as an entire roster break double-digit points. That's embarrassing. And it was Melvin Gordon. What a traitor you are, Sloan. I mean, I'm very excited to make fun of Sloan's team all season. I'm very nervous. If I, I'd be nervous if I was him. And oh, Shamaya is going to get so fucking cocky now. Because he scored 116 points. I think the only other person who beat him was Sharf, who had Kareem Hunt. So that's, like, not even real. But we can accept the fact that it was a fluke, right? 
Shumai doesn't actually have a good team. I mean, we don't know that. For some reason, Leonard Fournette and Ty Montgomery played really well. Antonio Brown's pretty good. If he had a regular defense that gets six points, that amazing game turns into a good game. Oh, I didn't even realize he got 27 points from the Rams. Yeah, this is a total fluke by Shemaya. Don't even worry about it. I did not realize that. He had a good week. Still would have been second best, but with a regular defense, because you will not be getting 27 points from the the Rams. The Rams got 27 points. Puts him about 95 to 98 points. So the Rams got half of. No. They got over half of Sloan's score. Shemaya's defense got over half of Sloan's score. And with that, as we finish the matchups, we transition into a new segment called Start and Sit of the Week. Start of the Week. Take it away, Eric. As we just said, 27 points from a defense. You could say it was an easy start because Scott Tolzien was a starter. But still, Rams, not known as a great team. Not much of a home field advantage as we are in Charger County over here in L.A. Raider County. And no or Aaron, no, it's Chino Hills, baby. And no Aaron, <laughs> no Aaron Donald. So really getting 27 out of your Rams, kudos to you, Shemaya, and a beautiful start. And also, I, I want to say a start of the week on my end would be Eric coming in with Jamison Crowder. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Jamison Crowder with a whopping negative. 0.6 points out of the eighth round pick. Um, I mean, if that doesn't inspire confidence in your draft, I don't know what does, Eric. Really proud of myself. Really a great start. Looking forward to probably never starting him again, but just out of pride, I'll probably never release him. <laughs> so that's the spirit. Negative points from a starter, which you like to see. Now, now go- on to sit of the week, as we kind of already alluded to a little bit. And there wasn't an extremely... Actually, no, there kind of was an extremely obvious City of the Week. But just generally, our City of the Week isn't a player. It's more an owner. And that goes easily to Gabriel Fetterman. After losing by less than two points, we decided, okay, what could he have done? And we realized just about anything would have made it a win. First of all, Patriots defense over Cardinals defense. I'm not saying Cardinals defense is the obvious start, but it would have changed the outcome. Austin Hooper over Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was the obvious start, once again, would have changed the outcome. But really what it comes down to is Devontae Freeman, obvious start. But then he had three choices for his RB2 and flex, as I see it. Christian McCaffrey, Adrian Peterson, and Jonathan Stewart. So his conclusion came down to, should I start an old 30-year-old running back splitting the carries with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram? (laughs) The starting running back of Carolina or the backup running of Carolina? They're playing the Vikings D, too, which is a good D. So Gabe decided to go with the backup and the guy sharing. <laughs> if he would have started the starter, Jonathan Stewart, he kind of takes a commanding lead over Lurie. Gabe's bench almost outscored his starting lineup. Gabe's bench scored 10 points lower. How many people are on the bench? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Gabe's bench has two less players than starting lineup and almost outscored his starting lineup. If that's not embarrassing, I don't know what is. Um, I mean. And on to the next segment is the pickup of the week. Well, should we have the waiver auction breakdown first? Of course. So before we do pickup of the week... We'll do a little... I haven't looked at the free agent auction report, but we'll check out the free agent auction report. Most expensive this week goes to the almighty Tariq Cohen. 
which I kind of love just because Josh Lurie has Jordan Howard, but I really do think that they can both be successful, so nothing against Jordan Howard. But he had a lot of bids, and he went the most expensive for I, 187 I almost got him, too. I'll, I'll tell you the real story behind my bid. I was going to bid 193 190-something like that. Hindsight. But then I was like, it's way too good of an opportunity if I get Tariq Cohen with 169 It'd be way too savage. So... I picked up Tariqo, or I, I bid 169 because it's like a sex position thing. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't get him. He had four bids over 100. So the one getting the most Who, who was bid. the fourth bid? There was five bids. For Tariq? Yes. Oh, I didn't even see them down there. Shamaya down at 71. Gabriel at 101. I bid Shemaya 156. Shamaya probably get Tariq at 71. Dude, he's so cheap. He's so cheap. Why would you pay 150? Shamai, it's not real money. And you're going to end the year with waiver money. So spend it. Spend it when someone's actually worth something. Oh my god. Second highest comes with Karen Williams, 156, and no other bids for him. Could have so gotten him for zero. Eric could have got him for zero. The real spent question 156. is real question is, am I dumb where I could have gotten him for zero? Or is everybody really stupid for not bidding on Kerwin Williams? Obviously, the second is the truth. Every Cardinals beat writer says Chris Johnson is going to get the half, if not the majority, of the carries in the coming weeks. So that's why I picked up Chris Johnson easy for zero. Uh, but we'll I love see. when people say someone that was not in the NFL, not even a practice <laughs> squad, will overtake the RB2. Thank you. We'll see, when, we'll see when Kerwin Williams goes down. And then coming back to me... 149 for Javorius Buck Allen. I have his USC jersey, fun fact, number 37, wear it every game day. Uh, so I'm happy to have him on my team. I also could have gone him for $0. No, no, not at all. He actually... Oh, no, he went for 101. Adam Sharp bid 101. Suck it, Sharp. That was actually a really good play. And Thank you. Woodhead's out six to eight weeks, probably take over his role. I think it might have been four to six, actually. He's, he's great catching out of the backfield, so I'm excited for him. I'm just also excited for the Ravens organization because they're a great they're kind of like if like they're the Germany to the Chargers being Syria. They're taking in all the refugees and really rehabilitating everyone. So that's why I'm a big Ravens fan. Now moving on to the next one, I thought Kerwin Williams was one where I had to go really expensive and say I'm probably gonna have to outbid someone, so I went crazy. But then the one the second player that I wanted the most was Corey Davis, who I originally bid, I bid I believe it was 56, but then I was like, you know what? I always end the year with way too much waiver money, so I'm just going to go expensive. Assuming that I would overpay way too much for Corey Davis. Turns out he was actually the one that I was close to not getting with Adam Bulow bidding just 21 less than me, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Once again, wait, just wait, wait, wait. Did you do that math in your head or did you type it out? You were seeing my hands. I did that amazing math. Of it's pretty good. Difference of 21 <laughs> in my head. And once again, just another great guy that you're going to want to have on your bench. You're going to always want to start, and you probably never will. So really looking forward to that acquisition. <laughs> uh, and then coming at number five, Marquise Lee. Not once, but twice by Adam Bilo. He outbid himself by not even betting more money. He bet $117 on Marquise Lee twice. This guy is so desperate for players after his entire team is fucked with the David Johnson injury that he doesn't even know who he's betting on anymore. This is actually a really curious pickup. He picked up Marquise Lee, who, yeah, he's supposed to be good because Allen Robinson went down. Allen Robinson went down early in the game, and Marquise Lee still had zero points. And <laughs> not just that, he dropped Travis Benjamin, who had 36 yards and a touchdown. Interesting move. Very interesting move. And then we have Gabe coming in to Rico and didn't get him. Bulo picking up Cooper Cup. 
going to be outscored by Sammy Watkins. Don't worry about that. I actually bid 36 on Cooper Cup. I didn't think... Once again, that's the one where I thought I could have gotten him for zero, but I just bid for fun. Turns out Bulow is as smart as I am. I think that's a pretty good pickup. PPR even better pickup, which we're not, but should be a good one. And Sharf bet $87 on Sam Bradford, who is a streaming quarterback. We are a 10-team league, so you can go at any point of any day and pick up a quarterback who's going to get 15-plus points. Yet Sharf bets $87 on Sam Bradford. Did you watch the Minnesota game? He was good, but you could pick up anyone who's going to get 15 points I right now. I don't justify Sam Bradford's pickup because he won't play like that the rest of the year. But he probably was the best football player this past weekend in the whole NFL, arguably. Literally even either him or Alex Smith. You could pick up Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, even maybe Alex Smith, and they'll all get as many points Deshaun as... Deshaun Kaiser. They'll, they'll all get as many points as Sam Bradford does next week. It's spending $87 on him. Now, I don't know about you, but Scharf seems to really like wasteful spending for a conservative. <laughs> Agreed. Now we go to Sloan, Kenny Galladay. Jeez. That would be Shamaya. Sloan's occupation. <laughs> I always read. Okay, yeah. And now, actually, talking about this pickup, I think will move us to what I foresee to be a common occurrence for no reason. Shamaya <laughs> picked up Kenny Galladay and in return dropped Brandon McManus. <laughs> I think Shamaya is going to do this every single week. I think he's going to try to find some gem. He's not going to want to drop some shitty bench player that he has. He's going to drop his kicker every single week, only to pick him up Sunday morning again. Yeah, Shamai doesn't have a kicker right now. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a bad move, but it's definitely a weird move. It's a little pointless. It means you're spending way too much time on fantasy football if, if you're doing this. The thing is, he's going to pick up either McManus or another kicker. He just can't decide who's going to drop yet. But he will have to make the decision, and he easily could have made it this morning. He just didn't feel like it, and he'll probably drop his kicker every single week. Damn. And we go to the summary. Oh, oh, is the report over? Oh, no. And then Will Lutz, he's going to be the best kicker in the league. Don't worry about it. Gone for 11 bucks. And Beal will pick up the Dolphins' D because they're playing the C-words, and everyone knows defense bad pickup. thrive. Bad, bad pickup. The home field advantage will be deafening for the Dolphins' defense. I don't see them doing anything. In the Tarp Tough Stub Hub Center, surrounded by Dolphins fans. But Definitely. also, if we go back, Bulo's already spent four hundred out of the thousand dollars in free agent auction. Everyone else hasn't even spent like a hundred dollars. So Bulo's in that high spending mode again. I may or may not have spent like three hundred. I don't think you did. I have spent two hundred and ninety-four. Close to three hundred. Once again, Bulo and I on the same page here. Corey Davis, the spending. We realize after week three or four, the only good pickups are injuries or due to injuries. So. Right now you're going to spend your money, and then all of you guys are going to be stuck paying 500 for meaningless guys in week 15. So then we go to, oh, pickup of the week. Da-na-na-na, pickup of the week, presented by Eric Arnstein. And I just need to take a moment to um, shout out to our sponsors real quick. Um, Me Undies, their underwear you get online, they suck. Um, Blue Apron, that also sucks. I'm never going to cook for myself, get Postmates. But our number one sponsor is Garden Communities. Is that what it's called? Yes. The full name? Yes. Garden Communities, um, housing us. We're, we're all going to live there. Um, 
after college, and it's going to be a great time. So thank you, Garden Communities. Just by being in the Fantasy League, just let them know I play for BTLMF, and you get a free apartment. Easy. Easy money. Thank you, Garden Communities. Although it didn't work out so well for Coach G. That's a different story. <laughs> and the pickup of the week. da 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 Goes to none other than Eric Arnstein for picking up Kerwin Williams for 156. Hopefully. Why is that the pickup of the week? You're giving yourself pickup of the week? Yeah, because I hope he's good. And when when we say, by the way, guys, just a PSA, when we say pickup of the week and it's an actual pickup, that means no one in the league has hooked up with someone new this year. So everyone needs to step it up so we can have some real pickups of the week. If you do hook up with someone, send me her name. I'll give you a shout out. Please let us know. He promises not to add her on Facebook. When he tells you that he had, he's lying to you. I've seen this multiple times. And I just realized I said her name. I meant his name too, Sloan. So don't freak out. Don't go all Berkeley on me. Okay, this week we're going to have predictions where it's just me and Eric and we're predicting each game. And then we'll keep track of it. Just like NFL Network. Just to get on the same page, I'm assuming we will each predict ourselves to go undefeated. Maybe. I'm very scared of face feel this week. Okay, so... Pre game one this week is going to be Lurie versus Bilo. Who you got, Eric? I'm writing these down, so don't worry. You know, I think Tom Brady, the way he played last week, is just going to light a fire under his ass, and I think he will carry Lurie to a victory over the pathetic showing that Adam Bilo showed in week one. Hot take? I'm going to take Bilo. <laughs> I... First of all, this is a rivalry game for me. If I just pull up the stats real quick, um, and we do have the stats, uh, all you need to do is go on the Google Data Studio of Big Time League Motherfuckers, just a little plug right there. Bulo has me in the majority of rivalry games we played. I think one, two, I mean, yeah, it's it's like eight to three or, or something like that. While we're speaking of trouncing, just a little fun fact. Lurie in the history of BTLMF has lost a matchup by 100 points on three different occasions. <laughs> but back to this year. And now you can understand why I'm not confident in my skills to beat Bilo. So I'm going to take Bilo this week. Um, he's got a lot of pickups, and I'm really scared when he picks up new players. We're going on to Gabe versus Shamaya. Who you got? My computer's loading. <laughs> I mean, for me, I don't even need to see the matchup. I got Shamaya every time. Gabe is going down. I think I'm going to predict Gabe to go defeated this year. Hot take 2.0 and just two matchups, two hot takes for Lurie. I actually do like Shamaya's team. Betting on the rookie Leonard Fournette was actually big. Doesn't have a kicker yet. <laughs> He'll get one, though, as we realized. We were nervous last time, but I think we figured out the strategy. Lurie and I were kind of talking about this before, and we kind of said that rookies, a lot of time people are scared of drafting rookies, kind of like Corey Davis, Leonard Fournette, Delvin Cook, but we kind of realized, wait, Yes, they are rookies and it's hard in the NFL, but Leonard Fournette was an absolute stud in college. And just because he went to Jacksonville, we all assumed he would suck. Shamai taking that risk and paying off. So I do have Shamai this week, actually. I think Fournette and Montgomery are great. Combo right there. Not great, actually, but they'll do the job. Antonio Brown, Doug Baldwin, Devante. I do like Shamai's team. And then we got... So you took Gabe? I took Shamaya. No, I took Shamai. I, I don't think I'd ever pick Gabe to win a game. Um, but next we got Limp Dicklery's Original name Sloan with an alien for a picture. Very Have we funny. talked about this? That's actually, I respect Lurie. And I respect Lurie for. Oh, thank you. I respect <laughs> Sloan for going back at Lurie. It's always really good. I appreciate no picture this time. Thank you for keeping it as an alien and a good name. 
Um, so we got Sloan versus Jose Benjamin Chayet. Who you got? This is interesting. It's projected to be tied. It's projected to be really close, but I've realized that projections are BS, as I was projected a lot, and I sucked. I think that Jose will win. I think, just like Tom Brady will do a lot better, I think Gronkowski has the chance of going off. I like Dak. I like Le'Veon. I like Dalvin. I like Amari. I think Jose has a pretty good team. Uh, I think Sloan has an okay team, but I'll, I'm going to take Jose winning this one. So Sloan, I got background information. Sloan's recently gone on a tea break, which for people like uh, Jake who don't know about this stuff, um, it means you stop smoking weed for a little bit to get build your tolerance back up. Um, so, What's the reason he's doing it? Huh? He's doing it, he said, to apply to jobs and to focus on school. He, said, he says, quote, Lurie, my mind has never been more clear. I'm like, yeah, because you spent a day without smoking. But anyways, I think he relapses this week. Um, I think he gets back on the ganj, forgets, forgets to set some last-minute lineup stuff, um, and I think he loses. So begrudgingly, I'm going to take Jose. Even though I never think Jose is going to win or he takes fantasy seriously. I think Jose secretly takes fantasy seriously but doesn't want us to know that. Um, so I'm going to take Jose in this one. And in advance, we will be, at least I will be in Berkeley next week for the Weekender. So in advance, thank you, Adam Sloan, for hosting me at Delta Chi. Always a blast. <laughs> are, are you just going to show up there? 100%. Oh He's always God. willingly welcoming with Does the Jose Cuervo. I texted him. Actually, though, anybody that always wants to go to Berkeley, you know, a lot of people shit on Sloan. He's actually a great guy. He'll host you. He'll give you alcohol. Hey, talk to Ian Plocky. He has a horror story about going staying with Sloan. Not on this pod, but for another time. On to the next matchup. So we got Jake and Eric. Who you got? You know, a little preview to this matchup. As I was watching Monday Night Football, Jake already started talking shit on me. And I was like, Jake, whoa. I'm trying to focus on week one. But, you know, he had already won. He was on this nice little high, either marijuana or winning, not really sure. But he was already talking shit, which I really appreciated and got me really excited to go over to his apartment and watch games with him. So without looking at the matchup, I have myself winning. <laughs> without looking at the matchup, I have Jake winning just because I like his moxie. He knows what he wants and he's going to go get it. Um, and I don't want to bet on you just because we've had very similar picks. So that's another reason Jake is my team this week. Now going to the final match of the, le- of the week, we have Alex versus Adam Scharf. Who you got? Adam Scharf proved to be a very, very good opponent and have the best week, but we need to start realizing Alex just wins. Nobody knows how, not Nobody even him. How. Not always the best players, but he, he just kind of wins. So once again, I don't need to look at the matchup. I take Alex winning this matchup. I'm also just going to go... So for Sharf, he's playing Keenan Allen. I think this is the week that Keenan Allen tears his ACL. So I got to go Alex's way on this. Um, and so me and Eric actually have very similar picks. So the difference is going to be... And actually, back to this matchup, according to ESPN, this is the game of the week just because they're, Alex is projected to do the best and Adam Sharf to do second best. Hopefully that is kind of true and it turns into a good matchup. But the only difference in our projections will be between my game and your game. Is that really the only difference? Because I picked Bilo and you picked me, and then I picked Jake and you picked Eric. That's the only difference. And that's where I will take the lead. So Gabe, Sloan, and Sharf, we have no confidence in you whatsoever. Moving on. So now that we've gotten through the football stuff, 
We can talk about the... Wait, do we have a Shemaya move of the week? Shemaya continued his trade talk. He got a little better, actually. I almost said yes. He started to include some good players, and his team just did better than mine. So I thought about it. But at the end of the day, I realized I didn't really like trading with Shemaya, and that's probably what it came down to. But nothing ridiculous. But my favorite was Shemaya telling me that Pierre Garçon has a very high floor and is a very startable player week in, week out, which I hope is true, but... I really doubt that. And that is your Shamaya move or talk of the week. Now, moving on to my favorite segment uh, to close us off today, we have the Sharf, Adam Sharf, tweet of the week. Now, this one just came in hot five hours ago. We're on Wednesday, September 13th, recording at 3 p.m. Five hours ago, NBC News tweets out Hillary Clinton, quote, the more professionally successful a woman becomes, the less likable she is. Sharf retweets a response by Ben Shapiro. My mom runs companies. My wife is a doctor. It's not about women. It's just about you. You suck. The Adam Sharf Tweet of the Week. And lastly, as we finish off this podcast, I want to tell everybody that doesn't go to USC, I am really sorry. We're back up to ranking number four. Whoop some Stanford ass. Going to whoop some Texas ass. Actually really excited. Coliseum sold out a home game for the first time in 2013. While it doesn't sound impressive to sell out a home game, for us that means a little over 93,000 people. So just a little college football taken there. It's no stub hub. No stub hub. Almost three times the size. (laughs) Fight on. And that about wraps it up for the big time league motherfuckers. I'm not going to say BTLMF because last time I tried to say it, Bula made fun of me. But that wraps it up for the weekly podcast. Good luck everyone this week. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Feel it coming in the air. Hear the screams from everywhere. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous love affair.